This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Right, this past weekend, the ruling party, the ANC, launched their election manifesto and they say they plan to introduce legislation that will uh, force or compel pension fund managers to invest in uh, government infrastructure projects. This would require an amendment of uh, some legislation, but most importantly, something worth gauging here is the investment uh, community's appetite for South Africa's investment projects. And joining us to have this conversation tonight is Asif Mohammed, he's Chief Investment Officer at AN Investment Management. Asif, good evening. Thank you for your time. Good evening to you and your listeners. Asif, I must ask you about what the current, uh, you know, rules and legislation says about uh, pension funds and asset managers in South Africa investing in uh, government infrastructure projects. Yeah, Regulation 28 has been amended in the last year or so to allow greater flexibility for uh, retirement funds, effectively managed by asset uh, owned by asset owners, to invest in infrastructure assets. Uh, so the issue is not that as such. There isn't, you know, the the problem is more is firstly is 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 there enough actual infrastructure investment opportunities in South Africa for for retirement funds or asset owners to be able to construct the asset managers or give them the mandate to be able to invest. And that is the big thing more than anything else. But the one thing your listeners should, 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 should bear in mind is that this is workers' deferred wages. And asset owners, and who then delegated to asset managers, have to take that into account. They can't just invest in infrastructure assets or any other assets for that matter where they're not getting a comp, you know, comp, you know, a return that's, that compensates you for the risk. And that, I think, is a big issue. So the regulations is really a head reading more than anything else. It's the question of, do we have enough investment opportunities? Yes, the last couple of years, investment opportunities have, have become available. And more specifically, you're talking renewable energy investments that come about. Uh, and the private sector has invested in there, um, but generally uh, where they've not had, you know, a power purchase agreement with a government entity, they've entered into agreements with the private sector and they are investing in those those sectors. So as I said before, it's it's not the, the compelling part, it's the ability to generate, to, to create infrastructure investments where the private sector will, will invest. In certain instances, you know, the projects aren't viable. And I've been saying that what government, for many years now, is that government should should really create a, what I call a first loss guarantee fund to be able to to create a guarantee for some of these infrastructure projects, whether it's roads, whether it's water, whether it's energy, to be able for the private sector to invest and, 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 and underpin it with this first loss guarantee fund. If they create the first loss guarantee fund of a billion rand, they can leverage it 10 times and create infrastructure investment from the private sector of, of another 9 billion. So in total, they could marshal about 10 billion rand worth of infrastructure investment, provided uh, they do rapidly introduce these first-loss guarantee funds to be able to facilitate infrastructure investments.
It sounds to me as if like you're speaking about, uh, you know, risk sharing here. And I'm wondering, uh, you know, when we speak of project finance or blended finance, it's very obvious in that part uh, that different stakeholders within uh, any project or any deal at the time, they've got different uh, risks that they need to mitigate. And the risk is shared uh, quite evenly. And that ensures that projects go ahead uh, as uh, as they should. And I'm wondering uh, if this is the approach that you're talking about and why government hasn't, uh, you know, moved forward with something like this in already. Yes, I mean, it's amazing, you know, that, I mean, it's a very good question, a good point to make. It's just amazing why we don't have government doing that, because in other parts of the world, you know, uh, the uh, subsidiary of the World Bank, uh, called MIGA, uh, yeah, MIGA, I think it's either the World Bank or the IMF subsidiary, they've been doing it successfully globally. Some of the, you know, where they underwrite some of these first loss guarantees, some of it they've lost, some they've made money on. They get a fee for writing these guarantees. And I, from what I gather, they've grown capital in this specific entity from the profits from about $200 million to to more than $4 billion, or, or, or let's assume just $2, just $2 billion. They've done exceptionally well. So I think one can't understand why government doesn't want to do this. The unfortunate part of the history of the government is that they only, once they got the backs to their wall, do they relax, you know, relax regulations to allow the private sector to come in. A good example is is the energy sector where you couldn't, I think, uh, produce a private sector more than 10 megawatts mm-hmm. now to 100 megawatts now they've dropped it completely and you can see all the projects coming on on stream now too and the private sector is essentially largely helping to reduce our load shedding problems and they should do the same with the water sector because if they don't we're gonna have, we're already starting to have problems with water and you know continuous supply of water in the country I must also ask you uh, about, you know, the issue of also maybe understanding the issue of asset managers, asset, because this isn't, a, you know, private sector money lying around. This money actually belongs uh, to ordinary South Africans. You're correct. And that's why I'm saying right at the beginning, it's, it's, it's deferred wa- wages of workers and asset owners who actually have been entrusted to look after the deferred wages of workers have to exercise fiduciary responsibility to make sure that they invested in projects that can create sustainable returns while at the same time, you know, not taking excessive risks. But also they have a responsibility to make sure that they invest for the sustainable future of our country. And they've got to balance that to two to, to requirements, uh, whether it's job creation, whether it's infrastructure creation. And, and, and they invest in those communities where they get their money from, you know, the workers where they live, uh, essentially, um, that they just don't invest in, you know, the more popular areas, the cities, but they also in, invest in rural areas. But at the same time, they they can get a, a relatively good return by doing that. And where it's not always possible, I think government should come in there, let's say with the first loss guarantee fund or some sort of grant funding to be able to take the project, the infrastructure project over the line to facilitate those those investments that sorely needed in poorer areas and, and in the rural areas. Well, that said, I think I must ask about uh, just risk as well, you know, of these projects, but also just the risk appetite of uh, asset managers uh, throughout the world. The world has been in a consistent crisis for a very long time. And I'm wondering if that's also got, you know, asset managers a little bit more risk averse than they normally would. You, you're probably right about that. But 
um, let me give you a very good example. Mm-hmm. There's a infrastructure manager on the floor in Cape Town in Claremont where we where we where our offices are. About seven years ago, they had absolutely no people. They started this infrastructure fund manager. Today, they're employing 100 people in Cape Town, in Singapore, and um, and and in the Netherlands, the Hague. And they basically raise capital from all over the world, from development finance institutes, from pension funds in South Africa. And they basically raise um, capital commitments of about $3 billion dollars. Nearly two billion has been invested, but you'll be amazed to know hardly any of that two billion has invested in Southern Africa. Most of the projects are all over the world in our Southeast Asia. So what it tells you where where there's potential returns, capital will go after it. And that the unfortunate part is of South Africa, we don't have enough viable infrastructure projects. Yes, there has been in terms of a renewable energy project which has been coming, you know, for the last few years and, and we do need that. But generally a lot more could have been invested had we opened up, you know, government opened up and created a pipeline of infrastructure projects for the private sector to to, to invest. Um government can also invest, but as you can you would have seen over the last few years uh, they've been doing a terribly bad job, but if, if you just look at Kusili and Mutipi, uh, it's significant overruns from 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 infrastructure investments there. Um, but it's not only limited to the private sector. Sasol has also done that. If you look at Lake Charles in 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 the mm-hmm. USA, um, and there are many other projects where the private sector has also messed up. But generally, the private sector, to put it to you this way, has messed up less relative to what government has done in South Africa. Well, very interesting dynamic you bring here and we'll be watching this development very quickly as if it could just be, you know, election conversation uh, or we will be speaking about this well into the next few years. Thank you for your time this evening. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Oh, wow. That was Asif Mohammed, Chief Investment Officer at AON Investment Management. We're speaking about that call by the African National Congress over the weekend, launching their manifesto, speaking about the private sector investing in infrastructure projects here in South Africa. And lots to think about there. These asset managers are not sitting on their own money. This money belongs to ordinary South Africans. They've got a duty, according to the law, to manage that money as prudently and as well as possible. And also there is a return on investment mandate at the end of it all. So all of it would have to work together uh, to ensure that that still happens. And of course, uh, as South Africans, we want better infrastructure. And so, you know, hopefully some sort of a win-win can come out of this one. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.